This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual set to knuckle up and toe the line at BKFC 53, which transpires on November 3rd. And we have Diego Romo stepping in there against Ravon Baxter, and great having Ravon on the show for the first time. How's your day going there, man? You having a solid one? Yeah, my day is pretty good, man. Just woke up with the kidneys, cooking breakfast. Uh, couldn't, ask for, couldn't ask for a better morning. Yeah, it seems like a great way to start the day. Are they kind of at an age where they kind of realize what, you know, dad gets up to for a living or maybe not quite at this point? Oh, yeah, my oldest son, man, he loves watching. Um, he's been to, like, all my fights. He's watched everyone. Um, he loves watching them on TV when I'm in the BKFC. And he loves the fact that I'm not wearing gloves. Uh, I hope he doesn't get into it, though, because it's pretty dangerous. <laughs> You'd rather he did something else, maybe channel his energy to something else? Yeah, something safe like baseball or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I did see a post you put up where you were saying that it made you cry that your son was, like, so excited. Like, he was, you know, shouting at the TV and everything like that. So, really cool to see, man. I imagine that, you know, really fills you up, gives you a lot of... I mean, I imagine you're already motivated anyway, but I imagine that's just, you know, quite the surge of positive emotions there. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. They, uh, those kids are my biggest motivation. My dad wasn't really in my life growing up, so just seeing the uh, breaking that generational curse and just seeing uh, how my son is with me, it just it just fills me up, man. Yeah, I love hearing that, man. And I mean, it just seems like a cool journey so far. Like, in as far as this is the third, you know, bare knuckle boxing bout here. Like, what would you say? I guess some of the bigger lessons that you've learned, or even like skills you've developed in bare knuckle as you're kind of readying for this fight, like relative to when you began your journey, I guess. So to be honest, my first my first fight, um, I was I was petrified. I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I realized I've been in so many street fights just growing up in high school and, and, and in the streets and stuff like that. I've been in so many um, that when you when you have a fight to prepare prepare for, you kind of overthink it. You know, you have months and weeks to prepare, and you're just thinking about that constantly, constantly. And it's really it's really not that hard, man. You go there, you put the work in the gym before the fight, and um, Whatever you did before the fight will show in the fight. So uh, I decided to, to take a break, um, get my mind right, reset. When I got this um, offer, I just hit the gym hard, making sure that um, I'm able to perform at my top ability. Um, and it's really not hard, man. You just got to be the bigger dog in there at the end of the day. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I'm curious like, where specifically you might be honing the skills because i saw on topology i believe it was that nashville mma was the listed affiliation is that where you're still kind of honing the skills at or yes sir i'm at nashville mma with some good some great guys man some real hungry guys and uh we get we go in there uh week week, week in and week out and we, we get it in man um nashville mma is the best gym in tennessee period and do you i guess curate your sparring partner dynamics to i guess say mirror like the body type or even some of the stylistic aspects your opponents bring to the table or do you just get like a wealth of 
good looks all around and you're kind of like adoptable from that no I, I go in there I have a saying when I go in there um you know I'm not a gym bully at all you know I respect all my partners but when it's fight camp I go in there and I, I, I raise my hand before the sparring starts I say hey I'm gonna go hard all right uh, I'm not gonna hit you hard but we're gonna we're gonna be punching from the time the bell rings to the time you know what I'm saying so um whoever's up for game whoever whoever comes to the ring with me that's who I spar with um bigger small faster quick uh stuff like that so i don't really tell to the opponent because you know opponents can always change and it's really not about the opponent it's about me and what i can do so yeah i understand that mentality so i guess in line with that logic like maybe not like a lot of tape study done on diego romo here i guess i'm wondering if maybe you have certain thoughts on his i guess better stylistic attributes or if you're not really like focusing on that as much and just like you kind of said focusing on your own refinement more so yes sir of course I, you know i took a look at him um i took a look at him he looks like a big you know sturdy guy but um it's not a lot of film and film can also be deceiving because you know guys are learning different things every day so i'd be a fool to look at a fight he had like two years ago and, and think he's gonna be the same person so i just kind of throw that out the window um i've been to so many boxing fights mma fights that uh, i just really realized that the best formula is just to go out there and do me and it doesn't matter what the other guy does just uh just do me you know i, I, I understand if he throws a punch and move out the way block it you know what i'm saying there's not there's not really much you can do a bare knuckle besides punch so just move out the way when he throws <laughs> yeah for sure and i was kind of gonna reference that actually like mentioning the wealth of MMA experience you have and also noticing some glove boxing bouts and kickboxing as well from what I was seeing like there's some pretty obvious aspects that are taken out from those disciplines like the grappling's not there and elbows etc but like how many I guess transferable skills from I guess your previous combat sports can you use to good effect within bare knuckle like it seems like the guys who have the MMA background like really do well in the like active clinch kind of positions and everything yeah, so my, my first fight, I kind of went in there with, like, a boxing mindset. It was, it was honestly kind of a, um, I wouldn't say boring fight, but it wasn't a lot of action. Um, so I, I, and David Feldman, he told me, he told us all before the fight, you know, this is not boxing, this is a, this is a fight. So um, I'm kind of not going to go in there with a, with a boxing mindset. I'm going to go in there with, a, a like, a straight-up fight. You know, like, you, you got to get this guy before he gets you. Um, my second fight, in the BKFC, I kind of wanted to push the pace a little bit more. Um, but I noticed the guy, he was getting tired in between rounds. So I decided to chill back and wait till he got tired and then pursue. But then he caught me with a, um, he hit me in the eye and I wasn't able to continue. So now, um, and that really, that really pissed me off. So I kind of got a chip on my shoulder. So now I'm really, I'm really just going to go in there and, uh, you know, from, from the time the bell rings, man, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the pace. Uh, it's, it's all about me. Me first. Me all the time, man. And um, I'm going to just take this selfish. I'm going to just be selfish one time in my life. And I'm going to show the fans, you know, what they want to see. That's interesting. So your last fight is giving you, like, a certain, like, additional level of motivation in this camp. Like, maybe come out and show out. I mean, obviously, that last performance, like, some of the variables, like you said, understandable kind of why it got stopped but like the chip on the shoulder you have is that really something that's like benefiting you additionally in this camp you would say absolutely absolutely um i just i just have i just have so much to prove you know i i kind of uh, fooled myself thinking i made it you know just because i had a fight on the bkc or two but i didn't make it um i'm far from making it i didn't really cement my name 
you know, if I, if I stop fighting right now, nobody in five years, nobody will be like, oh, you remember Ray Baxter? So that's kind of just frustrating because I know my potential. Um, I, honest to God, you know, everybody says, oh, this, this sport was made for me. But when I tell you, Mr. Dillon, when I tell you I've been fist fighting since I was five years old, um, and, and a lot of people say that. I have videos, you know what I'm saying? I've been fist fighting for as long as I can remember. And the fact that there's a league and an organization that, that you know, can and can pay me what I need to take care of my family to do what I've been doing, it's a, it's a blessing, man. So I need to go out there. I need to uh, I need to go out there and focus up and and, and do exactly that. Um, and let this chip on my shoulder. I want to give him. I want to pass it on uh, to Mr. Roma. I want to pass him on the chip, and maybe you know he'll get ready for the next guy. But me, it's a, it's, it's a dumb story. Yeah, and it's cool to see because I mean. Like, I'm not saying this in any way, obviously, but it seemed like <clears throat> the knock for certain people with Bare Knuckle early on was that it was kind of like guys in, like, the later stages of their career that were doing it. But from what I can tell, you're a younger guy and really have, like, a long career in mind with BKFC. So cool to see that you're part of this, like, I guess, emergent wave within this modern era where you're, like, you know, making this, like, the big career path and, like, you're really wanting to go in that direction. So it's cool to see kind of represents, like, how the sport is kind of evolving in a sense. Yes, sir. It's, it's amazing. It's honestly amazing. And like you said, man, everybody everybody was counting us out, counting BKFC out, telling, you know, it's full of Hasman, UFC fighters and stuff like that. And and just, you know, we got the Prospect Series now and, and just a lot of young guys who who are just starting. It, it's, it's really, uh, I'm smiling right now, man. It's amazing to see the growth in, um, into the sport. And maybe you have some fighters who just only do burn up with They don't have any other experience. Um and it also gives us a second chance because MMA, if you if you haven't been rap, wrestling or grappling since you were younger, you're kind of at a disadvantage, you know, because um, these, these guys have been doing it for so long. So, you know, seeing Lorenzo Hunt reinvigorate his career, seeing Mike Perry, you know, he could have been swept under the rug, but he, he reinvigorated his whole career, and now he's the man in the BKFC. And it's just awesome to see. Uh, it's really inspiring. And, um... If you gotta beat you, to beat the man, you gotta beat the man. So I'm just prepared to beat everybody until they say I'm the man. Yeah, for sure. And just kind of going off of that thought too, like I'm kind of curious to ask this because I find like a bit of a binary in terms of the, I guess responses when I talk about this. Like sometimes certain bare knuckle fighters will use like I guess specific like hand strengthening kind of techniques, like gripping the sand and you know, the wooden Muay Thai board kind of work and things of that persuasion. But then there are also guys who are like, ah, I don't do any of that. That doesn't do anything. And they're kind of just like doing their own thing more. So like, where are you at in that? Do you have any certain like hand strengthening techniques you use for bare knuckle or not so much? Um, Not so much, but and that's a good, that's a good question because I've been questioning myself, like how to prepare for bare knuckle fights. And honestly, you just gotta. You have to be in shape. Cardio. You have to be in shape mentally. You have to be, uh, you know, ready to, to. So sparring is what I do the most. You know, that's the best way to just really replicate uh, what we do in there, and not not sparring like not like pitter pat sparring. You know, just really go out there and hey, you know, ask the guy to give you three hard rounds and then switch. You know, and get another three hard rounds from another person, and you know, so on and so forth. So um, I don't really focus on like hand strengthening um, things. Um, I'm just I'm just focused on being able to sustain you know a certain pace for longer than this other guy. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're, you know, saying in that end, and yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like not really a one size 
fits all kind of approach. Like it's kind of an interesting time in the sport where it's like people are almost figuring out, you know, just works what works for them, like their own kind of methodology. So yeah, cool to see just different ideas out there and all. Yeah, I'm, and I'm watching all the top guys. And I'm seeing what they're doing. I'm seeing how they fight. I'm seeing how they uh, start the fight, how they end the fight, man. And Lorenzo Hunt, uh, Louis Palomino, guys like that. Um, I'm just really, I just really study the study these top guys. John Dotson, um, and they all have a pattern. You know, it's always them first. It's always, you know, they they always from the gate. They just give it their all, and and, and and they've been coming out on top. So you know, I'm just writing down those recipes. Yeah, I get what you're saying, man. You mentioned the importance of sparring, though. And this might sound like a weird question, but I guess I ask this in the context of, like, I'd talked to Reggie Barnett Jr. a few times over the years. And, like, his sparring methodology for BKFC involves him using, like, the four-ounce MMA gloves more so. But I also know a lot of bare-knuckle boxers who use more, like, Queensbury rules, like, bigger kind of gloves. Like, where are you at in terms of the glove size you use for sparring? Um, so, the, um, I don't really... So when I have the MMA the, the padded gloves, I don't really I don't really feel comfortable throwing those at my teammates um, at a at a at a pace at a good pace. You know, I'll throw I'll, I'll swing some leather with my big gloves, but the little gloves, you know, those are kind of for like precision sparring. And I do switch it up to when I want to focus or when I get a little bit, you know, at the end of sparring, we'll you know I'll get a good partner and use the um, the forearms gloves, but. I just don't feel comfortable hitting my teammates with those just little gloves. You know, I don't want nobody to get hurt, and I don't want nobody to feel like I'm, I'm, you know, trying to trying to hurt them. But uh, so I, I usually use the 16 ounce gloves. Um, that way I can I can you know throw power and uh, not really worry about it because at the end of the day you don't want to hurt your teammates because they're on your team and you need them. Um, but I do I do think that using four ounce gloves is a good idea. Um, if I was to go to another gym. Um, I'm definitely bringing my four-ounce gloves, and it'll be more better like to simulate an actual fight with guys like I, I, I'm not familiar with. Um, and I, I thank you for mentioning that. I'm going to try that out a little bit more. I mean, I'm going to use those gloves a little bit more. Yeah, just kind of a similar thing to the like the hand strengthening. Just like it's interesting to see some of the different you know techniques people are using. But, I mean, you were talking about studying some of like the higher-end guys in the sport and referencing you know Lorenzo Hunt, a guy who's at the top of your present division right now, just like fighting as a light heavyweight, but the number one ranked light heavyweight right now, at least as of this recording, David Mundell readying to defend his middleweight title in the main event on this card here. Like, what are your thoughts on that David Mundell, Doug Coltrane fight there? Man, my, my first fight, my first fight, uh, me and Doug were in the same corner and we were just talking about all these different dreams and aspirations we have and the fact that He's, he's in a title fight right now, and we're on the same card again. It's just like destiny, man. Um, it's crazy to see. David Mundell, he's a, he's a dog, man. He's a good fighter. 7-1, uh, and one, that's his record, I believe. You can't, you can't really argue with that. Um, he's a good he's a good guy. He's a good fighter. It's going to be a great fight. Um, I'm definitely watching these guys. Um, everybody's on my radar. Um, and I'm just excited to be a part of this, to, to, to see this. Um, but I also have to step back and not be a spectator. You know, I have to understand that I'm, I'm in this also. You know, I'm here too. So, uh, I'm watching these guys, but um, I'm, I'm right behind them. Yeah, and just cool to see where you're at now. Like, an exciting time in the bare-knuckle career. But I was also doing a bit of backstory and seemed like a real kind of like rags-to-riches sort of story from how you were describing it. Like, just some of the anecdotes about, like, 
you know, getting arrested for having a BB gun at like a high school football game, like a couple crazy anecdotes, like just to say that it's cool to see that you're in this position now and, you know, doing great things and everything. Yeah, that, that stuff like that is, is just crazy because that's not even that's not even what happened. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my life has been uh, uh, my life has been a movie basically. So it's up to me to decide whether it's going to be a good movie or a bad movie. So you know, everybody in life has stuff thrown at them. You know, I'm not special, but it's all about how you bounce back. Um, and I just decided, you know, stuff like the BB gun incident. It just made me realize, like, man, you have to really take your life serious because. Because uh, one one small mistake, one bad thing, and you know you got news articles about you. So I, I wanted to turn those news articles from bad to good. So that's what I'm doing. And now, if you Google me, well, honestly, if you Google me now, it's a lot of like fighting stuff. And I was always self conscious about like I'm like I'm going to job interviews and people are, you, of course, looking at my name and seeing like this stupid stuff I did when I was when I was younger. And I'm so glad to be able to uh, have great articles about me, good articles about me. And uh, I'm not done yet, man. I want to. I want to really speak. I want to get to a point where I, I'm so big that I can speak to the youth, and they they listen to me. And I want to tell these guys, you know, just take your life serious. You know, you only got one life to live. Take it serious, and uh, it, it's, it's what you make it. Well, that was the vibe I got from everything, man. And just I love stories like that. That's awesome because, like you said, it could have easily gone down a bad route but very much you know putting the onus on yourself to have a great story here i guess one of the last things i kind of wanted to touch on while i have you i'm always curious about like fighter nicknames just like the origins and whatnot like where did you get the big shot nickname like who gave you the moniker and where did that come from man it's kind of funny because all right first it was Raymond the don baxter but nobody can ever pronounce my name right they would call me raven and <laughs> yeah yeah the Rayvon and the Don was supposed to rhyme, so I was like, man, I got to change it. And um, if you look early in my career, I kind of won a bunch of fights in a row, and I was kind of really on a tier. And um, everybody thought, like, I made it. Everybody thought I was, like, on knocking on the UFC's door. People thought I was rich. And they would call me, like, Mr. Big Shot and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm broke as hell. You know, I wish. <laughs> so um, I decided... Uh, I decided to change my name um, for, I forgot, I think his name was Ryan, somewhere in Missouri. I was like, let me try this new nickname, Rayvon Big Shot Baxter, because Big Shot and Baxter rhyme. So um, I go in the fight, and when I tell you, these announcers did not even call me Rayvon. They called me Big Shot the whole time, and I went and finished the guy, and they were just screaming, Big Shot, Big Shot, Big Shot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it right there. It stuck. <laughs> it stuck right there. Yeah, I know it works, man. Definitely a certain ring to it, and I feel like it you know, resonates well in the bare knuckle space for sure, but really appreciate you making some time ahead of what looks like a very exciting fight for sure, man. I guess kind of just putting the ball in your court for a second though, like is there any final parting thought you might want to add as we're kind of wrapping up here, Rayvon? Man, I just want to say thank you to you. Uh, thank you to the whole BKFC community. Uh, you know, we're a really tight-knit community and we're, we're really trying to make it make this happen. Um, yeah, I'm going to just go off the, off the nickname, man, Big Shots. Big shots is all you're going to see November 3rd for me, man. Yeah, it's going to be a great night and really excited for BKFC 53. And thank you for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio and making some time ahead of this Diego Romo fight, man. And just you enjoy the rest of your day and looking forward to peeping this fight when it goes down, man. Yes, sir. Can I see stand up? We're here, boy. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> yeah, let's get it. I love that. But yeah, looking forward to the fisticuffs in Orlando. And yeah, have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you again.
Yes, sir. You too, my man. This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on. $50 buy.